In this week's episode of Beyond Auto, we're joined by Volvo Cars Head of Marketing and Consumer Experience, Charmaine Mavuti. Charmaine joins us for a chat on Volvo's electrification roadmap for South Africa, the introduction of their all-electric XC40, and the company's hopes for the future of the auto industry. Charmaine, thank you so much for joining us for this very special um, Beyond Auto recording. Today we'll be chatting about pretty much everything um, that has to do with Volvo and the future of mobility and what their current focus is and looking uh, you know, across to what the future holds for Volvo as well. Hi, Papi. Thank you very much for having me on your show. I'm looking forward to having some good um, conversations. Definitely, definitely. One of the, I think, the conversations that stand out is, you know, Volvo's drive towards, you know, electrification and pretty much electrifying your range for the years to come. But that's, but that's something that we'll touch on a little bit later on. Uh, just to jump on two things, I would really like to find out from you. For Volvo, or rather in Volvo's eyes, what is the future of the automotive industry and how does technology fit into it for the brand? Um, very good question. I think uh, Volvo globally, the vision really is to um, first and foremost always continue to put the customer um, front and center of every every product that we put on the road. Uh, we're a brand that stands for safety. We've always stood for safety, and that's something that I don't think would ever be um, separate from the brand. Um, we really do leverage a lot of technology and innovation in terms of the product that we're developing now. Um, the industry itself is evolving, the world is evolving, consumer needs are evolving, and there is a degree of consciousness, I think, mm -hmm. um, around the environment we're living in, the products that we're using within that environment, and you're starting to see that shift. And this is something that I think Volvo identified quite early on. Um, and because of our, our view and our approach in um, the product or the relationship between product and people, um, it's something that we had to do something about. So, I mean, the future of Volvo cars looks more like um, electric cars, as you mentioned, something that we'll talk about later on in the future. And this is a, a global um, strategic shift. Um, it looks like um, um, autonomous driving cars, and that, I think, is a longer-term ambition. It's just more intuitive cars that are able to ensure the protection and the safety of the people who are driving it. No, definitely, and and it's 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 interesting that you touched on on safety there because as some people may know, um, when it comes to to car safety, I mean, I think Volvo actually um, your your thinking when you when it comes to you know conceptualizing new vehicles is around safety first, and then everything else slots into that. Um, is that still something that you know we're looking at electrification and, and everything else? Is it still something that Volvo pretty much lives by um, when it comes to introducing new models or new introducing new concepts or whatever the case may be? Um, that pretty much drives you know the process for for Volvo engineering. Um, absolutely, it definitely is. Um, and I think it will definitely continue to be um, in all the products that are going to follow. Um, take the XC40 BEV, for example, that we've recently launched in South Africa, um, a car that's performing extremely well. One of the things that it boasts that we're quite proud of is, um, for example, new safety features within that car, more advanced, if I can say that rather, um, safety features within that vehicle, um, which I think demonstrates nicely that there's constantly going to be work um, from a research and development perspective and looking at how can we improve our safety features. Um, I think so far in terms of the products that have been on the road, 
Um, Volvo's done a really great and a really strong job in doing that, but it doesn't change, right? Because as I mentioned earlier, the environment in which we're living in is changing. Driving is changing, habits are changing, which brings about a, a, a new or a, I think a, a different um, need and demand from a safety perspective in terms of features. So making sure that um, your features are more technologically advanced, making sure that they're more intuitive, as I mentioned, um, as things evolve to kind of keep up with that evolution. So definitely still at the core of um, Volvo as a brand is safety. I think what's now happening is we're just now starting to leverage certain technological tools, platforms and strategies to be able to drive that safety. Mm -hmm. and, and I think you're on the money there by saying, you know, our needs are changing, life uh, as we know, it is evolving. And and then these changes in technology that I, you know, posed my first question um, in the automotive industry, do you think they changed the perception or how do you think they changed the perception of how or understanding what a car actually is? Um, in hindsight, will, you know, in the next two years, in the next five years, will we see cars as they are right now? Or for the brand, do you see that as something completely different in the years to come? Um, I think you're going to start seeing some shifts. Um, cars are no longer just going to be, you know, a tool and instrument to get you from A to B. Um, we're starting to rely more on what a car can actually do for us. Um, and I think it's also because people spend a whole lot more time in cars at the moment, whether it's driving to and from work. Well, this is obviously post and outside of the confines of lockdown, for example. Um, but it's it's more almost like something that fits into your day-to-day -day life. And beyond comfort, you're starting to look at how safe is my car? Um, what is it that my car can do for me? For example, if you look at the connectedness of cars, um, you want to be able to have, um, and I'll give an example again of the XC40 paper, you've got Google Assistant in there. Um, little things like that that make the driving experience much more convenient, much easier, much smoother, and much safer, again, because you're no longer having to necessarily be on your phone doing certain um, functions when your car can do it for you. So I think definitely you're going to start to see a shift, or the shift has already started, and I think it shows um, in terms of how the industry at large is approaching the development of new vehicles going forward. It's really looking at technology within the car, how is the car connected, the data that's shared within the car, within the cloud, within the manufacturer, um, being able to connect, for example, with things like keyless entry, shared access of vehicles in countries where um, you know that's a safe practice, where people can easily leave a car here for someone to pick up, and you don't need a key to get the car. Um, but because you're connected, you're an app, for example, you're able to practice things like that. So it's evolving in quite an interesting way. Um, I'm also quite curious to see where we land up because I think it's also evolving very quickly, quicker than um, I would have foreseen it, you know, walking into the industry. But definitely the car is no longer just looked at as, as just a vehicle. It's, it's more than that now. It's, there's so much more that this car can do for me. It is something that integrates into my life seamlessly. It's something that I can achieve a lot of what's going on in my life within that car as well. So, yeah, I'm quite curious myself to see where we land up. <laughs> Okay, this just sounds like a feature I want to be a part of because <laughs> this sounds amazing. <laughs> this is like I you do, know right? when you when you when you grow up and you think about the future. Okay, maybe not flying cars, but you still think about you know the sort of magic of I suppose what we now know as technology of all these wonderful things. And it definitely seems like you know that future is you know not that far off. And as you said, Charmaine, you know it's a lot closer I think than many of us thought. Um, and while it's a great thought, you have to then sort of start wondering about South Africa versus rest of the world because, yeah. you know, it's it's great to see these big things being announced for the rest of the world, you know, Europe, the US, where they've got the infrastructure, you know, where they've got 
say maybe lower cost of data they don't have to worry about load shedding which must be nice um you know all of that sort of stuff where is south africa in terms of preparedness for the sort of next wave of what we're going to see in mobility um i think that south africa still has quite a long way to go in terms of um getting prepared for the world of evs um we're actually just going through a green paper that was um circulated by the trade industry and competition um, and it's really around the advance, advancement of new energy vehicles in South Africa. And what is nice to see, and I think what is commendable as a country, is now we're starting to realize that this is where the industry is going. And it's not going to slow down for South Africa or because we're not ready. Um, so at least we're starting to have the pertinent conversations around what is it that we can do as a country to begin to mobilize ourselves um, from a preparation perspective. So looking at things like infrastructure, for example, are we ready? Do we have charge stations um, in and around the country to facilitate for EVs? And I think it's, it's having real honest conversations around that. Um, how can manufacturers and OEMs contribute to you know, the development of that and the progression of that? Um, from a manufacturing perspective, for those uh, brands that do manufacture in South Africa, how are the plants currently um, looking and how can we begin to prepare for the future um, from a production perspective when it comes to EVs? Um, looking at um, the skills within within the industry, you know, um, talent needs, especially from a service and maintenance perspective, talent needs to be upskilled. Um, in order to be able to maintain these vehicles and the infrastructure. So I think we do have a long way to go as a country, but it is good to see that we're now getting into the right um, frame of mind to start having those key conversations. And even like you said, around, for example, load shedding electricity, um, I think there was something as well that was released or a discussion that was had um, around the uh, NAMSA PR forum and, and OEMs and ESCOM, just looking at what is the plan going forward in terms of availability of electricity for charging of vehicles. Um, and I think, you know, the conversation there was around the backup being, you know, you're charging your vehicles at night, et cetera. But if you start looking at the expansion of um, charging stations and the charging grid, um, it goes beyond just charging at night. It's making sure that there's adequate supply of electricity 24 hours. For, um, to cater for, for the development from an EV perspective. So yeah, my view is we, we are starting to move in the right direction. And I think um, if OEMs, manufacturers, government um, and, and, and the regulatory bodies um, come together and start to work together towards one a common goal, I think it will be, uh, it will be more progressive. I, I like that. Um, you know, I think it's exactly the thing of we all ultimately have the same end objective. It's just about working together. You know, how successful that's going to be, you know, obviously depends on all the, the key stakeholders. But I think we all live in hope. I think we all <laughs> look towards, you know, the best uh, the best possible future. I do have to ask this question, though, Charmaine. Mm-hmm. Um, I might be overstepping a little bit, but I, it's, it's the journalistic curiosity that I have. Yeah. I just need to try and understand something. Talking about electric vehicles, you guys have obviously got the... Um, the XC40 recharge per electric in the country. Yeah. Um, it costs a lot more than the petrol version, like a, like a fair chunk <laughs> more. Um, and like, I'm not trying to like put you on the spot. I'm just trying to understand because I know we've got challenges. I know, you know, there's, there's production costs. But I was listening to a podcast the other day with the uh, CEO of Ford. He was chatting to Nile Patel from The Verge, yeah. you know, talking about the electrification of the F-150. And they were saying that, you know, their big thing is, 
you know, they've been making it cheaper because they want people to be able to sort of want to embrace the electric lifestyle. And I know that in the US, they've been getting subsidies, which we probably haven't been getting over here. But it's a question that I've been getting from people is, cool, people want us to embrace, you know, electric vehicles. But when you see a price difference of that much, why would I buy that over, you know, a petrol vehicle? And then I still have to worry about, um, you know, ESCOM and, and load shedding kind of thing. Sure. And I think it's a, it's a fair enough question and I'll do my best to air my view <laughs> on it. Um, from, I think, the one point you mentioned, you have to consider the production of the actual product. Um, when you look at the production of batteries, the cost of that, um, it, you know, there is a significant difference when, for example, producing an ICE engine vehicle. Um, so I think that's one contribution that we can't we can't disregard. Um, I think it's also important to consider the segment in which this car is is coming into. Right, it, you then look at um, are you talking about a small passenger vehicle car? Are you talking about a compact SUV? Are you talking about an SUV? Um, and this is coming in within a segment where, from a price point perspective, it's competing quite competitively. I mean, if we look at our other competitors um, who have introduced fully electric cars within the same segment, they're priced way higher than than this particular um, nameplate is. So I think there's that consideration as well. Most importantly, I think it's we need to highlight the value that comes with the XC40 BEV. And yes, it is priced higher than uh, an ordinary XC40. Um, but it also comes with, for example, a care package where you've got certain guarantees and certain warranties, for example, eight-year warranty on your battery. Um, you've got um, insurance covered for three years. You've got the use of an ICE engine car um, for a set period as well for two weeks in a year. Um, it comes with a wall box. It comes with charge cable. So it's all of those things that maybe if you begin to strip apart. Um, you might probably land up in the same ballpark figure as an ICE as an ICE engine XC40. Um, so I think for us, that's really how we look at it. And I'd actually looking at it from that perspective, and also then looking at costs like the insurance of um, an electric vehicle over a three-year period, the cost of that, and adding it on, looking at um, the battery that might not have the same period in terms of warranty, what the implications of that would be if something happened to your mm-hmm. battery and it needs to be fixed. You might find it's a much more costly exercise and all those costs can compound. So where you might come in at a lower base, the maintenance and upkeep could land you, you know, with a very hefty bill. Um, so I think that would be my view as, as to the, the price positioning of this specific um, nameplate. Um, and I do know that there will be other derivatives uh, from a global production perspective of this particular um, nameplate, which might come in cheaper. Um, from a market perspective, I think it's a case of looking at the business case, if it would make sense mm. within South Africa to then say, we can bring in this cheaper product. Um, if not, then I think um, it would be, it, it, I think it's a product from a fully electric uh, vehicle for us that's entered at quite a competitive price point. Um, and I think also the orders uh, speak for themselves because within the first week and a half, we're fully sold out in our first allocation. And we went in quite conservatively, um, not wanting to overshoot, um, only to find that there actually is an appetite. So I think for the, the consumer that is interested in going fully electric, um, for the broader consciousness of what that means, um, they might be a bit comfortable, <laughs> hopefully, mm. you know, with that price point. That's fair. I mean, it's probably Papi who actually ordered all of them. So um, <laughs> I also do suspect. <laughs> I do suspect. Um, no, your your answer was fair. And I I appreciate it because as you were you were sort of explaining and sort of giving your your viewpoint on it, um, it actually made me think of, you know, if you look at mobile phones, for example, you know, as 
the foldable phones started becoming introduced, people were like, this is cool. I might want this, but it's so expensive. You know, so why would I get that over something else? And, you know, obviously it's, again, it's production. It's all the things you're getting with it. And, you know, the more that these things are produced and manufacturing is streamlined, you know, the more affordable the cost will become. Exactly. Absolutely. And I think that's a perfect analogy. Um, It's the the (laughs) Apple iPhone Samsung discussion or Apple iPhone Nokia discussion. Mm. Why would you go for an iPhone um, when you can get a cheaper phone? But I think it's you. You're buying more than just a phone when you're picking specific yeah. brands. Um, and you might also go for um, a slightly cheaper brand because maybe you're getting just a phone and that's what you're looking for. Um, so I think it always needs to be within context of what a customer mm. ultimately is looking for from a brand and from a product. That's. That's fair. And I think it's, you know, unfortunately, it's not the way that a lot of people look at things. And I think it's only because we've never needed to look at it like that before. It's always just been, I'm going to buy the thing that suits my needs now. And, you know, we'll deal with whatever we need to deal with when we need to deal with it. And that's not the way the world is anymore with most products. Um, I, I do wonder, though, in terms of sort of tech companies getting involved, is there sort of no concern that that tech companies might end up sort of taking over the motoring space sort of the way the music industry was dominated by you know sort of itunes back in the day when not that the motoring industry is having issues but when you know music industry was having issues apple came along they're like hey it's itunes it's changed the entire music industry and if you look at music now it's dominated by technology more than anything else um and i think that's a great question and i definitely do think from a new entrance uh, perspective you are going to start seeing more tech platforms or uh, non-conventional automotive businesses start to play a significant role within the industry. To what degree, I think, is is probably the more interesting question. I mean, if you look at Tesla, for example, it didn't start off as an automotive maker. Um, you know, they ventured into it as a result of yeah. other factors. And I think that's just telling because now they are a very key player and a very big player when it comes to electric vehicles. Um, and I think they're just going to evolve. And that's just one brand to speak of. Um, the likes of Uber, for example, if you look at how they're dominating the platform business within automotive, um, and I think the scope and the possibilities of which that business could evolve and grow to, and contribute a bit more, actually, to the automotive space um, is endless. So I definitely think you are going to see that shift. Um, again, it's a very dynamic and a very interesting space to be playing in because there's so much change happening in automotive at the moment. For the longest time, we were quite stagnant, and I think we almost fell a little bit behind from just an innovation um, point of view compared to other industries, which were propelling ahead quite fast. And then overnight, it just feels like everything or everyone just came and said, okay, we are part of you know, the automotive industry, and this is what we've been doing for existing brands and for newcomers yeah. or for new entrants. This is what we're doing and what we're going to do uh, some more of. So there definitely will be a shift in my view. Um, and I'm very keen to see what, you know, the industry looks like in the next, I wouldn't even pick it at 10 years. I'd probably say at five years, you know, mm. perhaps you might find brands are now collaborating more in producing electric vehicles, autonomous vehicles, um, or just hybrid kind of um, of products. It's, who knows? I think the possibilities really are endless at this point. Um, but it is definitely an exciting time in the industry. No, definitely it is, Charmaine. And while we're talking about electrification, 
can we actually touch base already on i know the 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 xc40 um recharge will be um officially introduced a bit um, a bit later on but about the infrastructure for volvo um are we seeing that you guys will be making use of the infrastructure already existing by other oems and partnership or will you be rolling out your own sort of like a network to make sure that, that you know uh users of the vehicles are able to charge um, along the re- routes? Yes. Um, so, I mean, the XC40 recharge is, is launched already, um, and we don't have any short-term immediate plans to um, invest or to, um, or rather, actually invest in our own infrastructure um, in terms of charging stations, but I think more likely make use of um, what's currently available. Um, at dealers, however, we definitely have taken that step already and we are rolling out charge stations across the entire dealer network just to at least make sure that there is that accessibility in terms of Volvo charge stations. But just nationally, I think um, that's probably a, a more longer term conversation that we will be having um, again with regulatory bodies, probably with other OEMs and other manufacturers as we see how things develop in the industry and with regards to that specific point. No, very interesting times indeed. Uh, once again, Charmaine, this has been an amazing chat. I really enjoy this. Um, and I think, you know, uh, from Brendan, I'm speaking on your behalf here as well. The insights are very um, um, exciting to learn that, you know, uh, Volvo is moving into this uh, field of, um, you know, electric vehicles and introducing it in South Africa. Because one would have thought, um, again, this is just from from my perspective, that, um, you know, looking at this technology or this innovation will be introduced in the country much later. But it's, it's quite, it's great actually to see that it's being introduced right now and people can take advantage of that or rather can actually experience it um, already with the XC40. Uh, but once again, thank you so much for this chat. We really, really enjoyed it. Thanks very much, Papi. Thanks very much, Brandon. I also enjoyed it. I think um, great topic and great platform. So thanks for having me. Charmaine, thank you very much. Seriously, I'm probably going to have to go to Papi's place to go get all the XC40 the electric <laughs> versions because clearly that's where <laughs> they all are. You also get me one because I think you can get one because you bought all of it. <laughs> just, just let me know which color. Um, Papi's got you know every single color combination under the sun. Look, but, but seriously, chooses. I'll take anything. <laughs> listen, yeah, like what, whatever, whatever he's got just laying around the garage, we'll, we'll go for it. But, but seriously, this was great. Thank you very much. And I think it is. I think what Papi was hinting at is. It's great to also see Volvo bring it because, mm. you know, it's not just bringing it to individuals. Volvo is sort of known as not just the safety sort of car, but also as the family car. So yes. I think it speaks to a mindset of what this is sort of going to be empower for families beyond just individuals. And I think that that's a really great um, sort of thing that, that it is Volvo above all others that is sort of really making this, this push into the country. No, awesome. Thank you so much, guys. <laughs> that's it that is a wrap on this week's episode of beyond auto thank you so much for listening if you want to hear more conversations about the future of motoring and transportation make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss out on future episodes to stay up to date with the latest motoring news head over to twofold.com that's twfld.com and for the latest in tech check out reframed.co 